Everybody always asks, why in this relationship are you, has it changed you? What is it beyond his looks or his accolades that make me so attracted to this relationship and working for it? Like actually working for it, like changing myself, growing. It's the lovers and friends. What's up, lovers and friends, and welcome to the Lovers and Friends podcast. My name is Shambu Jerem, and I'm a sexologist who's been working as a public figure educator for 15 years. I've talked about sex and relationships everywhere, from The View to Playboy and from YouTube to Netflix. This right here is my first podcast where I bring everything together, combining my educational background in psychology, sexology, and journalism to deep dive into all things intimacy, which I define as anything under the umbrella of sex, relationships, and attachment. We start with a question and by the end, not only will you leave with some answers, you'll also leave with a hell of a lot to talk about with your own lovers and friends. So today we are tackling the question, should you change who you are in order to keep the lover that you want to be with? If a man came into your life, wouldn't you want to compromise? (laughs) Stupid. A man comes into my life and I have to compromise? I fall in love with myself and I want someone to share it with me. I want someone to share me with me. Has that happened? Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I say, Today's guest is the Emmy Award-winning producer and host, Jeannie Mai, and she's going to talk about how her marriage to young Jeezy transformed her in ways that didn't just surprise her. It also shocked the globe. Because it's not even just a a life change, it's a brand change. Yeah. Right? There's a lot, and your brand is you. Yeah, my brand is me, and my brand has always been, I'm me, and I don't happen to want to have children. Mm -hmm. So yes, it was. And the nerves were still there, and still are. But before we get deeper into that interview, I just want to spend some time with you and I really chewing on that question because I think you probably heard that one or two different ways. So again, I'm going to rewind. The question I asked you was, should you change who you are in order to keep the lover that you want to be with? But I'm going to guess you either heard me say, A, should I try to be someone that I'm not through lying, denying, and falsifying my truth so that I can play the role of someone that someone else thinks is worthy of love and acceptance? In essence, do I reject the real me so that the fake one gets chose? No, I don't think that's, I don't think it's healthy. That if someone truly loves you, they shouldn't even put you in the position to change. If you start playing a part to keep someone, you can only play that part for so long. There was a time in my marriage where I took on my husband's personality, his coping mechanisms, and how he does life. And so I found myself after eight months of truly having this identity crisis. I lost myself. I struggled mentally. I was depressed. I didn't want to even be with him anymore because I did not love him the way I loved him when I first met him from my own being, from the way I am. Or B, you might have heard the question a little something like this. Do I allow a worthy romantic partner to challenge me, teach me, and push me to channel my potential? In essence, do I use someone else's love, life experiences, and their achievements to propel my self-development faster, and arguably more effectively, than I could on my own? The idea of changing lifestyle, changing religious practices, even moving forward with a different trajectory of my career to be able to sustain this relationship, I think, in fact, is actually reflected more so to my higher self. A good love makes you love yourself better. And I can see a much more ambitious future for myself now. He came into my life and I was like, he's simply not going to go for it. So you're either going to step up to the plate and you're going to make some changes or you're going to lose him. So I made some changes and consequently a lot of my relationships are in my you know other areas of my life are doing better as a result my son says that i am a more calm person because of it so i believe change is good you embrace it or just because we're friends i'm going to give you secret option c because maybe like me You heard both of those questions literally at the exact same time, which I'll explain what I mean by that with two short stories. 
All right, so the year is 2015, and my most recent ex and I were at the beach bonding, or at least doing our best impersonation of what that was at the time, because I had a day off. And there was this girl there, and she was wearing a really cute bikini, and she had an even cuter sun hat with this born-to-beach hair that flowed rhythmically out of it. She moved in this really sensual, really sexy way. And it was impossible not to notice. So I wasn't upset with my ex for gawking at her, but what happened next really did upset me. I remember the look on his face and moreover, the way that he looked me up and down with my glasses, muscle tank and frizzy bun that could never fit inside anyone's sun hat when he said, why can't you be like that girl? That hit me right in the solar plexus and I lost my footing for a second. But when I came to and found my grounding, I looked straight at him in the eye and I snapped because it's my day off and I am perfectly happy being this girl. But the real truth is I wasn't. I resented myself because I wasn't good enough for the only man that I wanted at the time, which led to me resenting him big time which resulted in me changing, of course, but not for the better. Not only did I misplace, notice I'm not saying lose, not only did I misplace really magical parts of who I am, but also in that relationship, the really ugly parts of who I also am got amplified through living in constant insecurity. So yeah, when this version of me hears the question, should you change yourself for love? I think fuck no. And furthermore, fuck you for suggesting that I should Who I am is beautiful, it's unique, it's wondrous, and it's wonderful. And the person I'm meant to be with will choose me because of all that I'm working with, not because they think I'm some reno project they can work on. (sighs) But then there's this version of me from 2017 who had this conversation with Jared that hears that question a little bit different. Also keep in mind that I'm not as nice as you. And that's something that I'm working on. I think I'm getting better through you. And I'm definitely becoming more empathetic, more patient, more open, more loving. Um, but it's not, it doesn't come as natural for me to be like that. And I want you to know too, like being nice has been learned. I don't want it to be abused. So like, I have mean thoughts too. You know, I have, I have a mean side too, but I self-control that. And so I don't ever look at you as somebody that can't control it. So when you do get mean, it it lights me up. It lights me up. I have changed and am still changing a lot specifically so that I can continue to be in a healthy relationship with Jared. And furthermore, I'm proud to tell you that. Now, if I had to guess why I didn't feel the same enthusiasm to change myself for a previous partners, specifically my ex, I'd boil it down to three things. Number one, the delivery. Because as Jared would say, one of his greatest gifts is his ability to... Put your partner in their place without provoking their ego. Number two, another reason that change is easier in this relationship is the volume of issues that Jared has that he wants me to work on. So in previous relationships, I never felt like I was good enough, like my work was done, like I could breathe and catch my breath and be the after because even if I did change something about myself for the relationship, by the time that request was complete or good enough, I suppose, there was five other pending tasks that were right on my desk. And the third reason that changing myself for this relationship in this relationship is a lot easier for me to stomach and moreover get enthusiastic about is because Jared and I have the same value system when it comes to character development. So when I was with an ex, some of the things that they saw for me, that they saw as a necessary change in order for me to move forward, I looked at like an unnecessary detour. And I think in order for true change to occur because of someone else, the process shouldn't be a transformation. Like you went from a frog and you turned into a leopard. Um, Because I didn't want to say frog to prince because sometimes it's not a frog to a prince. It's a frog to a leopard. And both those animals are great. So it can't be a transformation, but instead it has to be a realization. Meaning your lover isn't a magician, but instead a a mirror that allows you to see your highest self more clearly through the love, through the connection, through the relationship. You make important realizations that were already there, just maybe not visible to you at the time. In ancient Eastern philosophy, the Upanishad, a series of Hindu sacred texts written in Sanskrit, it was said that the intimate relationships in one's life could lead them to their supreme self. 
In Western ancient philosophy, Plato's Symposium of Love emphasized that the ultimate goal of love is growth. And through this growth, one could attain universality. But on the flip side, two other of my favorite philosophers have a completely different way of looking at it, Erica Badu and Andre 3000. And they got this to say on the matter. And when I tell you that I sing along to this shit, I mean I sing along because I know that one of the ultimate goals of loving and being loved is being accepted. So like I said, right now, I'm genuinely torn between the two responses, but hopefully by the time Jeannie Mai is done telling it, we're all going to have more clarity. Jeannie bravely shares intimate parts of how her marriage made the huge switch in her from adamantly not wanting children to wanting nothing more. But first, let's go to this. And we're back. Jeannie Mai is an activist, TV host, wellness queen, and mama-to-be best known for her work on The Real and her own productions, Hello, Hanay, and the podcast, Listen, Hanay. She keeps it a hundred about everything from building confidence through fashion to working through trauma to egg rolls, and now her marriage and growing family. We met when I was a guest on her podcast and we became friends after she defended me on The Real. So Shan is really, really educated and passionate about the topic of intimacy. Um, on her Instagram, she actually gives people bite-sized tips on how to really get to know your femininity or your personality so that you don't have to just use your words in order to communicate what you want. You don't have to just use um, your body, that you actually use all of what God gave you to really get what you want and to really own who you are. She's an empowering woman. She's a feminist and she's really, really, really good at what she teaches. So if you need to just understand all the giftings you have to be able to get what you want in life and be direct about it, she's the girl for you. Jeannie Mai. Hi, Shan. Ah, Hi, Boo. Hi. I am uh, over <laughs> the moon for you. Yeah, really? I really am. So there's a school of thought that when you get with somebody, they're supposed to love you for who you are. And you're not supposed to change for love. Yeah. Because love is about acceptance. And if you have to change for love, then it's not the right person for you. Right. But you changed a lot. A lot. I don't agree with that school of thought because I don't expect somebody to change for me, but I want them to grow and to become better versions of themselves. My favorite quality in a person that I think is so attractive is self-awareness. I love when someone's self-aware to be like, you know what, that was kind of narcissistic of me or that was kind of selfish of me or that. And then whatever you see when you call that out, do what you got to do in order to kind of grow out of that. For example, I have a really hot temper, but I didn't notice it in myself until I was with Jeezy. Interesting. You didn't notice in your previous marriage? No, no. Because it has to do with the type of relationship you have and the type of respect you have for that person to mirror things back to you where you actually would stop you in your tracks and evaluate yourself, you know? So you had it. So I had it, but nobody ever, nobody ever called me out on it. Also in my line of work, sometimes being a boss, you have a lot of people who just agree to what you want. They're, Mm -hmm. they're yes men, right? And so I didn't notice that I had a hot temper until I got with Jeezy and here's a person who is my equal and I really respect. And when I would spew some of my old habits and he was like, "Uh uh-uh, like that's not flying here. And also it would trigger him to come back at me with things where I was like, who the fuck do you think you are? But I was triggering him. So through work, we learned that we both have certain habits that to the everyday person from friends, family, fans, they'll never see it. Mm -hmm. But to the person who loves us deep enough, you can press that button and boom, the dragon comes out. And we both have it. So we had to work on that. But he never told me to fix my temper. I just saw it and I thought, Unless I want to stay in this place where I lose this person I love and I stay in my comfort zone of doing what I want to do and function the way I have for the last 40 years when nobody else had to stop me. Which obviously has done quite well for you. Right. I could have. But this was something greater that I wanted. And also a great challenge to myself to say, what if now that I know it exists and the dragon's there, what if I got rid of that? How do I kill that dragon or store it in its place so that it never creates havoc in my life? And that took work. 
So for me, I think I don't want somebody who doesn't change. I want you to change and grow if it means growing into an even better version of what I fell in love with. Mm -hmm. There's also nothing wrong though, too, because if you got a new job, you have to adapt to the job. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with asking your partner to change for you. Yes. Because you're in a relationship with me. Especially if it's something we both mutually agree is not conducive to the relationship. Like if we know that you're jealous and your jealousy, yes, it has to do with your insecurity. I could also help with maybe communicating in a certain more thorough way so that you don't have reason to feel jealous. But then after I do my part, you got to do your part and Mm -hmm. you got to get rid of that because we all know jealousy doesn't help in a relationship, right? So I think there's things that both people have to commit to doing, but that is the turn on. That to me, like when you get turned on by somebody you just meet, it's going to be those first things you meet about them. Their savviness, their wit, their clever, their humor, maybe their occupation, whatever you're going to get attracted to. Okay, once you've been together five years, 10 years, that's going to be the same shit. It gets boring. But if that person is continuously changing and molding themselves to become better, maybe they didn't read before and now they started to read. Maybe they never cared about their body. All of a sudden they're doing workouts. Maybe they never were an extrovert, but now they're inviting some of your friends over and actually staying in the room to talk with your friends. Do you know how hot that is to see the person that you already fell in love with changing into these things that they just call upon themselves? And maybe because they heard Shan say, I'd really want you to hang out with my friends more. And they all of a sudden just took that upon themselves because they love you. That's awesome. Who's going to complain about that? There is this theory, it's called the self-expansion theory. And it essentially says that humans are unique to other animals and that rather than just needing the basics of food, water, shelter, safety, belonging, we also need achievement. And that's what makes it different. So we are just as driven to find somewhere safe to sleep at night as we are to get up in the morning and strive for something. Yes. So when we're in a relationship, it's an opportunity for achievement because you can learn something else. You see the world broader. You have I a new love circle. That. So we Wait, are- Wait, when you're in a relationship, it's an opportunity for achievement. Yes. That is why I'm in my relationship. You just nailed it right there. What's that thing called again? Self-expansion theory. Can I pop in to tell you more about the self-expansion theory? Because I love this theory and I don't know if the opportunity will come up in the future. So I'm going to seize the day right now at the risk of interrupting in a really, really incredible interview. So bear with me. Can we add some like scholarly music to this part? The self-expansion model of love was developed in the 1980s by researchers Aaron and Aaron. It is basically built off of two previous models, one called the motivational principle, which says that people seek to expand their potential efficacy to increase their ability to accomplish goals. Also, it is based on the inclusion of other in the self principle, which means that one way people seek to expand the self is through close relationships. Because in close relationship, the other person's resources, perspectives, and identities are experienced to an extent as one's own. So in short, the self-expansion theory is a theory that states that love serves as a function to expand the self by including a desirable other in the self. This theory actually goes on to say that the amount of passionate love someone experiences within their relationship is directly related to how much self-expansion potential is within the relationship. So what it really says is that if we want to continue to experience passionate love, you know, it's not possible maybe to experience the exact same level of passionate love as a beginning, but if we want to maintain a level of passion in our relationships, we have to maintain self-expansion. And there's two ways of doing that. There's shared self-expansion activities, which means once the relationship partners can no longer gain substantial expansion from their initial development of the relationship, they can still renew that sense to some extent by engaging in expanding activities together. Another way to maintain passion in a long-term relationship through self-expansion is through individual self-expansion activities. By taking part in individual self-expansion activities, whether they be leisure or a satisfying job, people can increase one, their own self-concepts, and also they can bring novel identities perspectives and resources back to the relationship and their partner. Which in short means one of the hacks to staying together is encouraging one another to grow apart. Not to grow apart from one another in terms of connection, but to grow separately as individuals. I'm all about the SET. That is, that, <laughs> that, yes, that is me. I, everybody always asks, why in this relationship are you, has it changed you? Has it made you softer and and different in these different ways. And of course, he's a great man. But what is it beyond his looks or his accolades that make me so attracted to this relationship and working for it? Like actually working for it, like changing myself, growing, doing things. It's the ability to achieve. It makes me actually like myself more. You know what? I told him that the other day, Shan, and I was shocked the words came out of my mouth, but I was so, I just felt so comfortable. I was able to say it. I said, I like myself better with you. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. I like who I am better with you. I didn't, I thought I was dope before. I thought it was pretty damn fly actually. But now it's not just about me and you have ignited that. And by the way, I want to make sure this is clear too. That feeling inside of me is now unlocked and it isn't dependent on him being in my life. If he didn't work out and he ended up not being in my life, I will always remember this feeling I have and to apply that need for achievement in other great things that I find in my life, whether it's my career, which is why I think we love being career women. That always makes us want to achieve more. Being a mom, I guess, is another way. But I'm going to find that little spark in things that make me feel like I want to achieve more. So I like myself better through that activity or that new that new cause, that new reason. Mm-hmm. So for him, he's that in my life, but I don't want it to be just dependent on him. Yes. You know? It's inspired by him. Yes. It's inspired by him. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Yeah. I never wanted to have a baby. Yep. And not only did I not want to have a baby, I've never been a baby person. Yeah. So all the dialogues about motherhood and momminess and announcements. Never and did you. I didn't give I a spoke. fuck. And it was actually annoying when people would tell you, there's a clock. You've got a clock and it's ticking and it'll hit you at some point. And you're passing 20s, 30s. You're like, no, I'm cool with this clock being non-existent in my whole being. That was me. In fact, we actually bonded off of agreeing not to have kids. Mm-hmm. When I met you a few years ago, I had you as a guest on my podcast. And when I met you in person and you also shared that you didn't want to have kids, I, for some reason, felt, I felt seen and I felt relieved Mm -hmm. that, look, you can be successful, driven, caring and woman empowered and not want to have kids. Mm -hmm. I had been the only one to me in my world, but I needed to see more. And so you were that. Oh, Then you you. go and you fucking have Ryu. Right. Yes. So when you had Ryu, I remember the first thing I had to do was call you to be like, okay, wait, break this down to me. How did this happen? Is this planned? Is this what you want? And immediately when I heard from your voice, you just sounded so, you sounded ready. And you sounded you sounded like a shift happened. That's when I also confessed to you that I also saw things differently. And after working on myself, getting into a healthy relationship and now feeling supported in that decision, becoming a mother became just really automatic for me. And I was able to share that with you. I want to talk about this a thousand percent because not only did you not want to have kids, you were the president of the I Don't Want to Have Kids Club Yeah, in a positive way. Yeah, I started it myself. What I was for you, for a piece of that, you were for millions of other people who were like, yes, see, look at Jeannie Mai. She doesn't want to have kids. And she's wonderful and amazing and has a a husband and has a full life. And she's making this decision for herself. And thank you, Jeannie. So did a part of you feel like you were letting that community down? Because I also felt that too. Because people say very belittling things to you when you say you don't want to have kids. Absolutely. Not only did I feel proud to have a platform where I could be the one that tells you, stop asking about whether or not we want to have kids. Stop putting it on us to feel guilty that we're not utilizing our right to have kids just because we're a woman and we plan not to. Like I was the one that was kind of like speaking out about this, whether women wanted me to or not, but I was proud of it. Now that I've changed my mind, I want to still make it clear that I still believe women need that space. They Mm -hmm. still need that ability and that comfort and that acceptance to say, I also don't want to be a mom. I'm a woman. I've got my eggs. I've got time and I don't want to be a mom. So I'm still there. Me shifting doesn't mean that I negate anything that I said earlier. I want to say something that someone said to me, and I want to know what your reaction to this is. Okay. Okay. So we're going to role play and say, Jeannie, the last time that I saw you, you didn't want to have kids. Right. And now you've evolved into a woman who knows that it's her time to share a life and to give life. It's beautiful. You really dug in there with that evolve. Ooh, I didn't like that one. (laughs) I'm trying to process it because I'm forgetting you were role playing, but I was like... What do you mean by evolve? It has nothing to do with whether or not I chose to have kids. Evolving to me just means growing into understanding and accepting myself more. And that could also mean not choosing to have children. But that right there hit so low behind, below the belt because you almost made me feel like I was stuck in a place that I would never recognize was lower than other women out there that because now I changed my mind, I've caught up. And that is insulting. Evolving to me, because when we think about evolution, like the evolutionary chart, right? Like it's going from being like a fish to, I'm going to stop right now. I have no idea what it is, but I just picture like little things getting bigger and bigger and more and more upright, more civilized. Right. And the version of me that didn't want to have kids was an evolved ass version of me. Like I look back at that person and I'm like, you are fucking cool. You are strong and powerful. And thank you. Because if you would have had kids back then with who you were with. No. 
No. Our world would be in a dangerous place. You were evolved then. Yeah. Now it's like, it's, I didn't go here to a level up. I just continued on the path of self-love, of ownership, of accountability, and of curiosity. Yes. That made the best decision for me five years ago and has that decision right now. For me, I feel great just saying, I changed my mind. Mm -hmm. I literally just changed my mind. I have always worked on growing, healing, and evolving. And when I look at when I didn't want to have kids, I was really happy and content with where I was, but I was still trying to grow. Today, let's just say, let's just say I didn't have a child. I'd still see myself as evolved and continuing to. You never become fully evolved, right? But something happened and I just changed my mind. I said, you know what? Because I'm in a trustworthy relationship and I also am not being so hard on myself anymore and I've healed, I changed my mind and I said, you know what? I want to be a mom. I chose it. But the woman who didn't want to have a kid, she's, I actually can see her right here. She's right here. It's not so changed that I don't know who she is. Mm -hmm. I I remember her and I remember how she feels. And to be honest with you, as much as I love this baby and I'm so excited for this life, if it didn't happen for me, I'd be okay. Yes, I'd actually still be like already having looked forward to this life that I had planned out without having a child. And that would be all right for me. So it's not, you know, and I think every woman's different. Some women, they switch so hard that they're like, no, now their end all be all is they want to have a kid. Even if it means through a donor, they don't have to have a relationship. But for me, it's not that. So I, I, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't agree with that word. It wouldn't sit well with me. I love that. And what I love about your story, because you even highlight that twice to me now, that it really is about partnership, being with somebody that unlock this as not just a potential for you, but as a dream for you. For me. We'll just disclaim right now. This is all for you. You ain't talking for all women of all men. Please. Yes. Like, (laughs) so did you have a kid because he wanted a kid? Because you already had two kids. So let me say say this. When I didn't want to have kids, I sought out men who had kids because I knew they wouldn't pressure me. So I was like, yes, you already have a kid. Like, good. You're not going to bother me. Yeah. So I didn't get that impression because of the fact that he already had two. So I'm sure it was optional, but I would love to hear from you. What was his involvement in this decision for you? It definitely crossed my mind that he already had kids, even though I wasn't looking purposely for men like that which is so sleuthy of you. My God. I'm very, Shame. I'm very like, wow. I'm doing the math. It's good. It's good. And it's mathing. So it's good for me. I only decided to have kids maybe a year ago and Jeezy and I have been together for three years. So for two years, we, we decided not to, but at the same time when our relationship started getting really inosculated, that's when I was at a better place. He was at a great place. We were both doing therapy. We both had gone through some life situations together that bonded us even more. And we looked at each other and we were like, I don't know how you feel about this, but what if we had kids? How do you feel about that? And it was the most honest, beautiful conversation because we who both- Who was the person who brought that? You made it seem like it was Disney where was you guys me. both came to the kitchen table like, oh, we want to have kids. Oh my God, you said it the same time. Say it at the same time. One, two, three. Let's have kids. No, I think I actually did say it in a way where it was like a one, two, three thing where I was like, okay- on the count of three, we're going to confess something we haven't told each other before. I'm going to go first. And he was like, okay. I was like, one, two, three. I want to have kids. He's like, one, two, three. I actually am thinking about it too. It was kind of <gasps> like that. Wow. Yeah. It is Disney. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that you're asking me about the great parts of yes. the growth in our relationship and then the 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 awareness to, to have changed our mind in certain areas. But you're not asking about the things that we had to go through. We had to go through a lot too. Yes. We've definitely had- Well, I our, mean, the moment is Disney. I mean, yeah. Disney is an hour and a half. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that happened yeah. in between. Yeah, there's villains. There's, there's villains, exactly. There's um There's the demise, arguments that we didn't see in between. Yes. Yeah. There's a yeast infection that one of the princesses got. For sure, there's the all that. Was real, yes. Yeah, so we don't <laughs> see everything, but I, I do acknowledge when moments are picturesque, they're picturesque. And that is a picturesque moment. Yeah. Were you afraid by those thoughts? Were you? Yes. Because it's not even just a a life change. It's a brand change. Yeah. Right? There's a lot and your brand is you. Yeah. My brand is me and my brand has always been, I'm me and I don't happen to want to have children. Mm -hmm. So yes, it was. I don't actually know you without Jeezy. That's crazy. Yeah, you're right. Because you met us. You met me after I was with It's interesting because even when I see pictures of you, you were even just showing me that book of text messages. And yeah. There's a photo of you, I guess, in the beginning of the relationship. I don't even recognize that person. You seemed very different. The 
badassness, the sexiness. I think maybe here's the thing too. My perception of you before was more um, conservative. Mm. I, I would definitely say I've never been conservative. I've always been, I definitely love God. And I love having that North Star of faith where I don't need to go crack that bitch's head against the cement because she did me wrong. I'm going to just let God do it. Like that yeah. kind of thing. Like <laughs> there's a North Star where he's like, he's like, Jeannie, don't worry about her. I got you. Or, but like sexually, are you totally different? Sexually, sexually, I think I'm much more adventurous. I think I'm much more adventurous and playful and curious. Um, and I've always been that way, but I've never unleashed that because you can't trust people nowadays. Mm. Like I can't go sending people pictures or I, I've never partaked in that. Never partaked in a booty call. Never partaked in a sending of nudes because of my trust for other people. I've always seen myself as like, I'm up here So until you can get to my level, you can't play in this playground. Mm -hmm. But now that I have somebody that I really trust in that way, then I go ahead and I'm like, yo, Ollie, Ollie, all free. Like we about to have a ball, you know? So it's not that the relationship (laughs) necessarily changed you, is that it gave you space to be more yourself. Yes, yes. I've never, I've never been, I've never been conservative or prude or- Because what's the difference between you and Beyonce? <laughs> well, I know. you know what I mean. Like when you think about right. images of Jay Z and Beyonce being out, yeah, you know what I mean. This is a crazy <laughs> sentence to say. I'm aware of that because if someone said that to me, I would immediately be like, I have to go to the bathroom and masturbate to myself. <laughs> what did you just say? I love you. I my my man. I he is a legend. I I I, I do recognize Jeezy. My God, his living legacy of work is something that I'm in awe of every day of being with him because he lives and breathes serving the culture mm-hmm. and being about his community. No matter even today, like, of course, I know he has nice things, but I hear him in his daily walk thinking about how can he maintain his roots of where he came from? How can he maintain the authenticity of being a black man in America? Mm-hmm. How can he still sit in the same circles with the, and have the same conversations that people in the hood don't get to have because nobody's listening. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's like, that's his blood. And I spend every day learning so that I understand how to stay out of his way, but at the same time support and and contribute to whatever I can being his wife, you know? Mm -hmm. So I recognize that for sure. And then for me, you know, I've, I love our relationship together Mm -hmm. and I can definitely say that nobody has seen him the way he is with me and nobody has seen me the way I am with him. Nobody. So that's new to me too. So Mm. seeing that and discovering that is really exciting for us both. You're finding yourself now in this space where not only do you love yourself more through the partnership that you're in and like yourself more, which I think is very, very different. Yeah. Liking yourself in reflection of your partner, but you now are creating something with your partner, which is another life. Yes. Have, have you thought about what does the next version of you look like with baby Jay in your arms? Yeah, I think what I'm going to prepare for is to be able to talk candidly about everything with my kid. I don't like being sheltered in my own walk of life. I didn't like not having conversations with my parents about being the only Asian family on the block. All these things that I didn't understand about my identity, I didn't get to talk about with my parents until I got into a more open space of diversity and friends and and the power of using my voice and the giving myself the right to speak up. I don't want my kid to have to wait till that time. My kid's going to know that they are black and that they are Asian and they are going to really own what came with that. I think it's interesting because when you get into a relationship, you want more of the other person, yeah, right? And they want more of you. And you learn what that looks like together. And then when you have a baby, it's not about take more of me. It's how could I give you more of us? Yeah. And I, I don't even know if I necessarily do that because I don't go out of my way to invest in Jared's culture with Ryan. Like, that's your job. So I think it's really beautiful that you're being mindful of like, I'm not going to give you more of me. Yeah. It's the us one that brought you into this world. Yeah. It's the us that actually were inspired to bring you into this world. And it's the us that I want to give you. But you you don't find that you want to do that with him as well? Do you want to do you want to learn about Jared's culture as he should about yours so that it's a unified family front? You know what I mean? No, no. interesting. Yeah. As an American, it's my responsibility to understand 
the lives and the needs of the cultures that exist around me. So whether it's black, Native American, Hispanic, like I, it's, I live and dwell with all of my neighbors that are of different races. So I need to understand what each journey is because not everybody is the same. But then now being married to a black man, I need to understand even more his journey and his perspective so that I can be of genuine support and allyship to him. But then now having a blood child who's going to be of those mixed races, I need to learn even more Mm -hmm. and adopt it because I can't have this black child only be grown up to know Vietnamese culture. Mm. This black child can't just be Vietnamese and not, you know, understand where his ancestors, his or her ancestors come from or what um, hardship the Jenkins had to go through specifically or what black people had to go through to get a voice in this country. Like there's so much more now because you carry the blood of lineage and of so many who have done so much and died to be in your place, you know? Yes. So that that's, that's, that's how that has evolved for me. A big shout out to Jeannie for her life's work. I just can't put it anything else than that. You are a leader. You are a thought starter. You are a change maker, a path paver. I adore you. And everybody who is listening, if you want more Jeannie in your life, she gives so much of herself, specifically on her TikTok and her Instagram, which you can find it at the Jeannie Mai, if you're not already following. And also be sure to check out her YouTube channel, Hello Honey. And there's also a podcast called Listen Honey, which I've been a guest on a couple of times. So go and check those episodes out. Speaking of checking out, before we wrap this bad boy up and leave and go about our lives feeling all warm and fuzzy from all that Jeannie just shared, I brought on two people who had two very different opinions about change. My sister, Lauren Morrison, who's also the lead producer on this podcast, and my husband, Jared Brady, who has had to change a lot in this relationship. And we really thought and analyzed and discussed together, is change for love always inspiring? Losing yourselves in relationships. Uh, You're not gonna do the Eminem song? You wanna lose yourself. I in the relationship. <laughs> you better never let it go. I I'll cut you guys this out later. You wanna lose yourself in the relationship. You better never let it go. I'll cut this out later. All right, so let me ask you guys the million dollar question of the episode: Do you think you should change yourself if it means keeping the relationship you want? Yeah, I think for one, if you like the person that you're changing to. Because a lot of times you're in a relationship and that person can inspire you to a better version of yourself. I think where most people think of when they think of changing themselves, they're thinking of losing themselves. Mm. When in reality, you're just building yourself. I think that there is probably an element or a time frame where you do lose yourself, where you do feel loss of identity and you have to rebuild that. Kind of akin it to like when you have a child, there's that time when you're adjusting so much to this other person being in your life, this new relationship that you lose who you are. And then you kind of have to have that moment where you're like, wait a minute, these are the parts that I want to keep, but these are the parts that I want to maintain about myself. Yeah, losing yourself. I just said the same thing twice. Keep and maintain. You get it. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to make sure that it's very clear. Well, when I was making this episode, there was two major reflections that I had, which is why I brought the two of you on. The one reflection I had actually for you, Jared, is when I was writing the introduction. And in writing the introduction, I said that there's a reason why in this relationship I have been leaning into the change and enthusiastic about the change that you have caused in me. And I do think that you have done a lot of work on me. Uh, But I've loved it and I've been appreciative of it. I've never felt resentful. And in my previous relationship, I resented and despised him in many ways for the constant change that he wanted me to go through. And as I was writing out the differences, one thing came to mind because I said there was three reasons that make it different. One is the delivery. And your golden line is... Put your partner in their place without provoking their ego. Yes, this is a skill that you have. You have the ability to let people know that they're fucking up without making them feel like a fuck up. Then number two, I said it's about the volume because you have to feel like you're getting to live in the after. 
You're not constantly a before because you want those moments of like, oh, wow, look how much I've changed. And the person being like, yeah, you're incredible. You're awesome. Look at your after photos. Okay, cool. Some time has passed. Let's work on this next thing. And then finally, I said, it's because you have to like, like the changes that that person is instilling in you. Your, your value system has to be the same because in my past relationship, the things that he wanted me to change towards, I didn't value at the time. What I wanted to say is it's that middle piece that really made me reflect because I was like, fuck, am I that person for Jared? Mm. Do you feel like the volume of requests that I've had for you has been a problem? Because you've said to me before, like you feel like you're always on your heels in this relationship. Yeah. That's a tough question to answer because um, I think I wouldn't, I don't think I would despise them if we stay together, <laughs> right? Like, I think I would, I could see myself flipping it into a negative if we ended up, you know, splitting apart and being like, man, I, I gave all of my young 20s to this woman and I've changed so much when I could have been evolving in my own way. You know, I can see myself flipping it that way. Um, but in this moment, I don't think that you're a person that everything that you have asked me to evolve in that I don't directly benefit from. Mm -hmm. Does that... Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I just think that's also a note for me to say, not even ask you a question, just to tell you in general, that that was an aha for me of give Jared more time to bask in the afterness. I think that I can tend to have a wave of requests for you. And then when you start to improve in one area, there's another area that crops up that I'm like, what about this? Or there's an old area, you know, a la physical affection that I'm like, well, still not good here. So you never get to feel, I think, a long period of time where you're just great and celebrated. Because that's the kind of thing that I was battling with, with this episode of, yes, we want our partners to expand us and challenge us, but also in our romantic relationships, we're supposed to feel accepted and loved for who we are. So there's a balance that has to be struck there. Yeah, there is. And I think that, you know, it's like flaws and all right? They love me for my imperfections. And yes, if that relationship matters enough to you and that you want to continue to be and build with that person, then yeah, you do need to make a choice in terms of how much do I really want to hold on to this trait that I have or to this way that I am being? Is it worth it? Um, or should I just shrug my shoulders and say, if you don't like it, there's a door. I think you and I don't know if you and Jared can relate on this um, point because Jared and I are six years apart. Lauren, you and Chris are eight years apart. Yeah. You met Chris at 24. Yeah. Jared met me at 24. Yeah. Have a moment right now, guys. Have a moment. <laughs> Tired of being bossed around. <laughs> Got scooped up early. <laughs> What's it like dating somebody older and then as a result having to advance your timeline? Yeah, you have to go quicker. And they just have the benefit of more experience and more intention behind who they're going to partner with. Like things that I had to let go of immediately were, you know, you you can't be hanging out with other dudes. You can't swear um, or there's no name calling or these shirts that you think are appropriate are not appropriate. And it's that level of intention paired with the intensity of how fast our relationship went that makes it shocking and made a lot of people look at me at the time and be like, wow, Lauren is changing. Lauren is losing herself. And they would be accurate in that because I was so... Do you feel like you were finding your potential or, yeah, losing yourself? Losing myself because I'm in my early 20s. Like, I'm just figuring this out, right? I'm just sort of getting this the sense of what is good for me, what my boundaries are, what it is that I want in a relationship. But what I did know from the pit of my heart was that this was a person that I saw myself with. So I wanted to make those changes. And then, of course, as we kind of went through another evolution of our relationship, it was me now asking for the changes, mm. right? It's me now telling him, you need to prioritize your family over your work. You need to be a better communicator. I, you know, these are what I will accept and not accept. So it kind of ebbs and flows. Do you know what I think? I relate to Chris in this way because, again, I met Jared 24. Chris met you 24. So Chris often wants to take responsibility for your come up. Yes. Because your come up happened in direct line with the two of you coming together. Right. Which is what happens when you meet somebody in your mid-20s, right? Like you change a lot during that time. And so you've butt up against that before. Big time. 
Well, because it's like, I and I, I felt like I would have to remind him or I needed to make it very clear that, you know, just so you know, before you and I got together, I was a straight A student. I was president of the student council. I had a, a admirable job in like the music industry. Like I was building a career. When he and I met, I had hit a low point in a career transition, but I just didn't, there was this narrative that I felt was starting to take over in our relationship where because he was so much more further along in life, like I plucked her out of nowhere mm -hmm. and I made this like, like I didn't want to be a pretty woman story. So I used to stick to this narrative that whether you came or not, I was still going to be amazing. What I appreciated in the episode with you and Jeannie Mai was that I am the person that I am today because of his contribution to my life and to my career. Mm -hmm. And But it took me a long time to give that acknowledgement because I was so determined to fight the narrative that I was anyone else's come up but my own. Yeah, and I, 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 de I don't battle with that per se, but what I do battle with is like, I am completely okay and understand that I am where I am at today because of the growth that you have challenged me to make. However, I don't think that either of us would be in the position no, that we're at. It's very comfortable for me to say that I wouldn't be who I am today without you. Yeah. Lauren, as somebody who has known me, do you think that I've changed? Oh my gosh, yes. Sorry, finish your question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that thy change of shirt is nice? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. But in a way that I truly do feel that is for the better. I remember I remember early on in yours and Jared's um, relationship, because you're older, because you were further along in your career especially, um, and because you do have a very dominant personality um, and at times aggressive personality— there was this concern because I didn't know Jared and he was just always very quiet and standoffish. And we lived in a different country, so we didn't really get to to, to see him very often. But like, man, Shan's going to eat him alive. I'm still here. Still here. But not, <laughs> not only are you still here, but I remember witnessing the first time when I came to L.A. and I stayed with you and Jared and being like, Shan's different. Mm. But in the best ways, where she would check herself before she would respond. She wasn't like the, where, where not, not just you, but like the two of us would be quick to name call. There was patience. There was dialogue. There was, um, you know, respect to kind of say that, um, you know, if you, if you said something, it was like, okay, okay. Like agreeableness, which is something that you we're not always... I've struggled with. Have, which you've struggled with. But that came so beautifully with you and Jared. And I remember when I witnessed you and Jared together, it's like I instantly fell in love with your relationship because I fell in love with how that relationship had changed you for the better. I saw a much better version of you and I had a completely different respect for Jared. This is a great Yelp review. I really <laughs> appreciate this dialogue. I feel closer to everybody because of the connection I have with you. Yeah. And I feel that way about what I share with Lauren too. You know, I feel closer to everybody because of the connection I have with Lauren. Like mm. good, healthy relationships give back everywhere. Um, and yeah, maybe that's kind of the litmus test to take. But then there's the tricky thing too, which I, I know we're trying to wrap this up. But the tricky thing is sometimes you grow to a better version of yourself, but that limits the connections that you used to have because now that version of you doesn't apply. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I experienced that heavily. Yes. That's with everything. Though. And when yeah. people point the finger, you had this with a friend, actually. A couple. Because you yeah. grew a lot. And then rather than them looking at your growth as a positive thing, they looked at it like a negative thing. Oh, for sure. So yeah. you can't always use your friends and family as a gauge to say whether the growth is good or not. Is it good for yourself? That's really comes down to Am I happy with myself? Is my life better because of this growth? Friends, people are going to fall off. They're not going to be able to keep up. And that's okay, you know. But as long as when you wake up, you're like, I am better than I was before. That's what all that matters. 
I'm learning a lot about myself through this podcast. I'm learning to be better at my job through this podcast. And one of the responsibilities that I have taken on um, in my work traditionally is I want to give you concrete clarity. I want to push you in the right direction because I find that in the intimate space, people flounder a lot. So for that reason, one of my pet peeve conclusions has been it depends because it depends leaves you with no action. It leaves you feeling like, well, I'll just kind of see how things go. And I don't want that. But the real truth of the matter is it does depend. Um, But I want to be clear that it depends is not an opportunity to say, well, we wrap that up. Instead, it's a call to action for you to dive deeper into yourself and into your intimate connections in order to decipher what are the dependents for you and then to make that concrete decision. So I'm going to concretely say for me, Letting love change me has been a positive thing and I will continue to lean into change in my relationship. And I'm going to be totally honest. I've also had to learn to shimmer down in some circumstances to let my partner shine. And depending on your perception, that could be a positive or a negative thing. I think that a lot of people who knew me in high school would look at me now and be like, you've calmed down a lot. And that's a thing I've had to do again to keep up with the energy that exists um, with the dynamic that Jared has as an individual and what feels most comfortable for us as a couple. So for me personally, I do think that it is a healthy thing to let love change you, make fundamental changes to your characters, your core value system, and to your morals. But is that the same answer for you? It depends, and which is why your homework is to go and find a group of people who you love and trust and have this exact same dialogue with. Kind of like how I got to have a really cool conversation with my people. And speaking of my people, if you want to hear more from Jared, make sure you check out his podcast. Enjoy the podcast. They release new episodes every Monday on YouTube and Apple Podcast. Also, my sister, Lauren Morrison, is an executive coach. Also, again, like I said, the lead producer of this podcast. And you can find more of Lauren and her inspiration on her Instagram. This is Lauren Elizabeth. Shout out to you for being here again. This is, we're rolling, guys. We are really like doing this thing and it keeps getting better. And that's largely because of you um, and your presence, but also the fact that you guys have been going and giving this podcast a five-star review on Apple. That is driving discussion. It is amplifying the podcast in the algorithm. And it's allowing me to reach out to bigger guests to say, this is a podcast that people are invested in, that people are excited about. So if you haven't done this already, please go to Apple Podcasts and give it a five-star review. Also, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, just go ahead. I think we're ready to commit to each other. If you have a moment, click that follow button, click that subscribe button, add this to your library so that again, you're reminded next week when we have a podcast coming out, they drop every single hump day. And speaking of humping, if you want to further our intimacy, make sure you join my newsletter. This is how you get reminders for the podcast, um, information about casting, because as you can see, each episode, we have an audience inclusion point. It's also how I'll be giving new offers to you when I have a new course coming out. So if you don't want to miss anything, go to shanboudram.com slash list. And that's how you add yourself to the list at shanboudram.com. You can also find information about courses and links to my socials so that we can just keep going, keep getting closer. Because I love being close. Ooh, it feels good to be close. And it's cuffing season. Lovers and friends. Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment Shamboodram and Lauren Morrison. Also produced by Stitcher's Jackie Sojiko, Two West Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Our mixing engineers are Brendan Burns and Marcus Hom. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and sound design. Jasmine Henley Brown is the executive producer at More Sauce, and this podcast is powered by More Sauce from Stitcher.